listening to the Free Developer, the bi-monthly podcast bringing you the best, unique and inspiring stories from developers around the world. I'm your host, Learn, recording live from Paris, and in today's episode I'm interviewing Max Sendelin, a freelance developer from Sweden. Max started his career in his teens as a freelance web developer, went on to work as a consultant in web design and development, and is now back working in his own one-man agency as both a designer and a developer. Some of the greatest ideas are born in a moment. You never know where you'll be. This week's show is brought to you by Hustlecase, the whiteboard laptop case. With Hustlecase, you can easily snap on a whiteboard to the top of your laptop and sketch your big ID on the go. To learn more, visit hustlecase.com and use the code NOMAD for 15% off. So, Max, thanks a lot for joining the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. And I know this is going to be a weird intro, but you were one of the first tech people that I followed on Instagram right after I created my account. So you inspired me a lot to go out there and find my audience in the development community. So, you know, it seemed quite obvious that I needed to have you on the show right here. As I said in the intro, you're a freelance developer and you know what? You're actually the first freelancer that I have the honor of welcoming to the podcast. So before you tell us more about that, can you give us a brief presentation of what you currently do? Of course. Thank you very much for having me. It's a real pleasure. Uh, so, well, I'm currently kind of living my dreams, uh, or one of them at least, by running my own one-man agency as a freelance developer and designer, mostly designing websites uh, for companies in varying sizes and different areas of business and stuff. Um, I'm still working on the growth of the agency. Uh, I'm planning on whether to keep working on it or pursue other opportunities that I've lined up. But no matter what, I know I'll be building this big agency in the near future if I want to do it now or in a few years. Perfect. And how did you come to freelancing in the first place? I mean, what was the what was your very first gig? What was the client? What were the technologies? Tell us everything. Oh, yeah, that's that's an interesting story, actually. It was back in high school when I won this local competition for web, web, best uh, web developer project. And my first client actually spotted my work on this uh, on this competition and he wanted me to work with him. So I basically had no idea when I did what I did back then, apart from the actual technical specs. Uh, but I learned a lot in business and uh, uh, yeah, from a lot of mistakes, basically. And the tech, it was basically just HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, a static web website, and I designed it myself. And back then, I was using Illustrator, I think, yeah, because I I despised people who used Photoshop because, you know, web is vector, and I used <laughs> uh, Illustrator for the vector parts. <laughs> yeah, so you, yeah, already that, that some, you already had some some pretty serious and strong opinions about the way it should be. <laughs> what year was that exactly? Oh, jeez, uh, that must have been like 2012, 2013. I was 17 or 18 years old. Wow, now that is impressive. So 17 or 18 years old, you were barely getting out of high school. Yep. Landed your first gig. Yep. And then what? Did you think, hell yeah, I'm going to continue and pursue on, on freelance web development? Or did you just want to keep it as a part-time thing and, and make some extra cash? Uh, well, back then I wasn't as self-aware as I am right now or I've been in the past years. So then what it was like just for fun to make extra cash and I could, you know, work with the things I loved, which was design and code. So it was never really serious, but I knew that this was something that I really enjoyed doing rather than working for any other company, basically within the business or outside of the business. Uh, 
but I used it as you know any way to earn extra cash apart from the the student. I don't know. It's not student loans, but you get some cash from the from, from the uh, government for studying here in Sweden. So you get just a little bit. But yeah. So it was while I was studying high school, and then I did some consultant working for some local agencies and companies, and some freelance work here and there. But it was never really serious in that sense. Yeah, but I mean, why? What makes a job serious, and what makes a job not serious exactly? <laughs> yeah, good question. Uh, it was. It was not that I. I pursued freelance in the sense that I was looking for clients. I wasn't really creating a portfolio. Well, I had a portfolio, but I never really pushed to get clients. I never really saw myself a freelance designer. I was just like a, a side gig uh, because I thought I was going to work for for Volvo or Google or some huge company because that was so cool because I never done it. That's why it was cool. But then once I did it, it was less cool. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, like yeah. once you know how it's made, basically. <laughs> You just you just never look at it the same way again, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of like Nutella. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a, a good comparison, though. It works. So you said you started using yeah. uh, HTML, CSS, a little bit of JavaScript here and there, but in the end, you know, nothing too fancy. Yeah. But um, did you did you actually learn PHP at some point? Uh, well, I guess you did. But when did you? Uh, I mean, what was your first serious uh, language? Oh, that must have been JavaScript. I was a huge fan of JavaScript, and I built everything in it. And I always did vanilla JavaScript. I actually started with jQuery. Uh, believe it or not, some people don't. They use vanilla from the beginning. But I started with jQuery and. It was always a bit tedious to me using these pre-built stuff because back then it wasn't really optimized for the latest CSS and stuff. So it was very laggy, like animations and stuff were actually uh, JavaScript animations rather than CSS animations. And they weren't that good or they were hardware accelerated and stuff. But once I learned native JavaScript and I could combine JavaScript with CSS, yeah, things just blew up because I, can, I, I learned some hardware accelerated CSS and just toggling classes, stuff like that. But once I kind of plateaued in JavaScript for front-end because I was a front-end developer, I wanted to learn back-end as well because I've always wanted to have this control of everything I do, design front-end and back-end. So I actually enrolled in a two-year um, two-year class at a university. It's technically not a university because we were focused on getting jobs and the teachers that do, um, the teachers are actually consultants from the business. Uh, very young teachers oh well that's that's pretty cool because they actually know how it's made in real life they're not disconnected in any way exactly and they they were very they were great teachers as well it was not like they were nerds sitting in a cave and couldn't really talk to people they were so social and so they were so easy to talk to and learn from but they were also extremely good at what they were doing and passionate and that was key to inspiring people to continue work on on that type of yeah in the studies that's that's super cool um, that, that's really super yeah. cool. And so you said you started using uh, vanilla JavaScript, well, jQuery, then vanilla JavaScript, etc. That's that's awesome. That's for yeah. the front end side of things. But at one point, you had to go and look into the back end side of things. Now, not sure. Maybe you're like uh, a visionaire who started using Node <laughs> before it was cool. 
But, uh, you know, if it is the case, then it's super awesome. But I think you actually had to go and, and uh, learn PHP, right? As, as everybody. So when did this happen? Yeah, it was, that was kind of mandatory. I mean, I, it was back in the time when Node.js was actually growing really big. But I, I wasn't as into the scene back then as I was or as I am right now. I wasn't really following the tech news or the stuff from Silicon Valley and the U.S. in general. So I wasn't really aware of Node.js in that sense. Uh, so I did start with PHP, and I think that's good because you learn the way of a synchronous backend compared to a asynchronous one. You learn the flow of the code, and it, w- it was much more programmatical, and I learned object-oriented programming and database connections and APIs and stuff. So it was great. I could have learned it through JavaScript, but it's very hard to compare as well. Even though they're so similar, it's also a mm-hmm. lot different in how you code PHP compared to JavaScript. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. Absolutely. And so, like you, you talked about, you talked about, um, you started to look into the the scene, like the tech community, et cetera, and what was happening around the world uh, much later than 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 when you you first actually learned how to code. Uh, yeah. But now I have I have a question because you're from Sweden and that's not common. Uh, how's exactly the tech community in Northern Europe? Like I'm talking about Northern Europe, including Denmark, et cetera. But yeah. uh, you can you can talk about more. Uh, specifically Sweden, uh, that'll be super interesting because we we actually never hear about those countries, uh, at least definitely well, not as much as uh, as the US uh, in terms of uh, of tech and uh, and everything that's around it. Yeah, uh, well, we are very innovation centered. We have a lot of startup hubs, especially in Stockholm, but Gothenburg, where I live, is also growing a lot. So we are very innovation centered and also following the latest trends with tech and. I can't really speak for you know back back in the days years uh, years back because like I said I wasn't really in the tech scene back then but from what I've heard we've also we've always been very updated in that sense especially right now we have a lot mm-hmm. of conferences in in Stockholm for example Nordic.js, a very popular conference um, so yeah the community is strong and it's big especially within innovation sector so there's a lot of jobs here for a lot of developers and a lot of uh, opportunities to learn code as well. That's pretty cool, but uh, you're moving to New York. So what's up? <laughs> what's happening? Uh, Tell us uh, more about that. Yeah, I'm not moving right now. I'm actually going there just to kind of get my feet wet and and feel in the energy because I've always felt very drawn back to the U.S. or not back, but I've been drawn there in some sense, mm-hmm. both to San Francisco and New York. And I felt like at least I have to go there first before I make the move to actually live there. Uh, but I do want to move there because of the energy and because of the opportunities there and the just the whole connection to the world from there. I mean, it's not that different from Sweden in a lot of, a lot of ways, but there's so much culture and so much opportunity centered in New York and in San Francisco that at least I want to feel it. I want to be there to feel how it is compared to Sweden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean that that makes a lot of sense. So so you're talking about like going to leave there for what? Like uh like like just just a few months and just uh, see what it's like and so is it just New York or or cuz you talked about San Francisco. Do you see yourself living in San Francisco? Cuz the tech oh. community is really there. Yeah. Not especially yeah. in New York. Well, it's it's pretty strong in New York, but nothing compared to Silicon Valley, right? Yeah, well, it's the innovation and technology in in Silicon Valley and San Francisco is definitely different from New York, but New York has grown a lot from what I've seen and read, but I can't really speak from the actual 
area because I'm not there, obviously. But the difference between New York and San Francisco to me is that it's the city and the culture is so different. San Francisco is so much more open and innovation and it's so focused on tech, but New York has so much more, so much more culture and so much more uh, social impact in that sense. Uh, but like I said, I'm not from there, so I can't really speak in that sense as well. Yeah, but I agree. I mean, like, uh, I, I kind of like I'm I'm in the same. Um, uh, I, I see New York the same way as you do. Like, there are a lot of. Uh, it's a city of immigrants. So, like, I mean, this is a strong, strong, strong point of the New York culture, and I mean that's what shaped the city, right? And it's nothing yeah. compared to Silicon Valley. Maybe, maybe there are even more uh, immigrants in the end in Silicon Valley because everybody comes to work for the big tech companies. But yeah. uh, in the end, that's that's what really shaped New York, and 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 maybe not that much uh, San Francisco. And the Bay Area in the end, so you're definitely, definitely right. At least I totally relate to, to the way you see uh, things. But uh, you want you want to start like a business over there, or because you talked about an agency, is it is it just like it just got started? And what, <laughs> yeah. what are the plans for the future, man? Like I'm super interested by by people building agencies because it's a tough world. There's a lot of competition, so. What are your plans exactly? What what are you planning on doing in order to, to set yourself apart from everything that's happening and all the noise in, in, in this industry? Well, that's very different. I'm not going to go into too much detail in the planning, but yeah, I can, of course. you know, I can at least speak in general. And it's more about the personal, the personality of the company and myself compared to just the old, the old business of it all. Like, I want to set myself apart from who I am and what I do in the world and what I speak every single day because I believe so much in the sense, in, in uh, the fact that everybody has a personal brand. It's very some people think that it's pretentious to see, see yourself as a brand, but it really is if you just look at it from a general perspective in the sense that everything you say and do affect people's image of you. And a brand is just that it's an image of something, what it stands for, what it provides to the world. And that's you as well. What do you do for the world? What do you, what do you say? What do you give people? Do you inspire them or do you put, put them down? Whatever you do, it actually affects how people perceive you. And that's what I mean, that I want to live and breathe the brand that I want to create. So it, it's, it sounds a bit egocentrical and very pretentious in the sense that I want to be the center of the brand, but that's how I feel I want to be different from other brands because I want it to be an ex not an experience but it's a, a more personal connection if that makes sense yeah totally so like you basically want clients coming in and, and saying like hey yeah that's that's max's agency there's no other like it exactly right like yeah. VaynerMedia. yeah yeah like I, w I was going to make the connection with VaynerMedia because like i think i think they get a lot of clients because of you know it's it's Gary Vaynerchuk. There's only one like him in the world, so so it's definitely a good way to go. Because media agencies, shit, like it's it's a saturated, saturated, saturated market. Yeah, but sure. he he kind of blew it all away and and say screw it, I'm gonna build my own thing and and just leverage my own personal brand. That's that's super clever. Mm -hmm. uh, and and like speaking of Gary Vaynerchuk. One thing that you told me when we were preparing this interview, yeah. you're getting into motivational speaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So definitely, you're really like you're attacking all the the, the pseudo saturated markets. That's super interesting. 
that's super interesting because it requires some serious guts and i'm mm-hmm. like i'm being super serious here like it's not easy uh getting into like the agency world like no no it's not getting it's not easy getting into the motivational speaking world no. but the thing is there are a lot of people doing it wrong and there's yeah. a majority of people doing it wrong so mm. what well, what are your thoughts exactly like what's <laughs> the what's the future max sandalin as a motivational speaker are we gonna see you on stage are we gonna just see you on on, on the internet are you going to make some ten thousand dollar private sessions with <laughs> with people over skype for 30 minutes like what are your plans exactly on that topic Oh, no. Um, I look up a lot to Tony Robbins and to a lot of the other people like Zig Ziglar and stuff. And especially Tony Robbins, who makes a lot of money from it. I'm not blaming him or any way labeling for the money. I don't really care about that stuff. And that's the thing. I don't really care about the money in the sense that I want to make a shit ton of money from motivating people because I actually care about the effect I have on people. I, mm-hmm. I, I can live off of that effectively, at least psychologically, maybe not physically, but... I uh, yeah, I absolutely love the effect you can have on people, a positive effect that is, and that's why I want to do it because it's it's an incredible feeling of pushing people and helping them and and learning from it and gaining so much from that. So I'm not interested in having ten thousand, hundred thousand dollar courses and events and stuff. I'm more interested in what I can, how I can find ways of doing it, maybe even for free, just going out and helping people pursue their own things. Because that, in a, in a sense, is much more of a payment, a much greater payment to me, both right now or in that in that moment, but also in the future. Because you never know what you can gain back from that because it's an investment, an emotional one. Worst case, you don't get anything apart from the actual thing you gain at, at that moment, which is motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so yeah, you... You might actually see me on stage, of course. I don't. That's what. That's the thing. I don't know the exact plan because it's going to take a lot of work uh, to get there because I have to experience a lot of things in order to train people to go through the very same things. I can't really stand up as a 23-year-old and say, "Do this" to a 56-year-old who's been going through all these things, but I've never really, really been there. So there's a lot of work behind that, and that's what I mean. I don't really know exactly what I'm going to be. I just know that I have to keep pushing myself to the areas where I feel the most uncomfortable to the point where I actually want to almost, you know, throw myself off a cliff rather than doing it because I need to push myself outside that comfort zone in order to learn the things that I need to teach people. If that makes sense. That is for damn sure. Yes. Yeah. And Hey, like, uh, so you talked about offline in person, um, in person, like, not sessions but you know what i mean like going on yeah. stage and actually actually delivering a talk but yeah. i guess lots of it most of it is going to happen online right yeah at least what i do right now which is writing i, I believe there is so much power in writing and rep- repeating your words and the things you read every single day so i definitely want to have a presence online or at least in books or ebooks um and instagram right and doing right now but i do believe so much in the power of the energy you transfer to somebody when you're actually in person motivating them or talking to them, showing empathy and pushing them in the right direction. Yeah, that's for sure. Like in-person training is like, like it's not comparable to anything else because like it really, it really is super powerful. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. But hey, like you talked about books and yeah. you're teasing all of us. 
You're teasing all of us these days. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> About this book that you're going to release someday, maybe. We don't know. But <laughs> no, I'm joking, of course. Uh, I'm joking. Uh, I know that it's coming for the, the, the very next days, right? Like, it, it really going, is going to be released very soon. Yeah, not the very next days. I, I need to spend time with this to make sure that the value truly is there. I've gotten a lot of good stuff from local and global develop, uh, freelancers, both like Jared Rondo, incredible dude. He's actually, fun fact, he's actually from Sweden. Oh, yeah, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we were talking and he said that he's from Malmö, uh, the southern part of Sweden, that his mom was here. No, his dad was from here and his mom met him here. So he grew up in Sweden, which was so, yeah, that was really fun. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I'm writing this book and it's going to take some time because I, I want to make sure that there's true value in there. That if somebody goes to this book, he or she is going to be inspired. He's going to know the kind of steps that he or she can take. And, yeah, there's there's some work behind it. But I want to release it at least the next uh, a few months, like in the spring or something as of latest. Okay, you know what? I thought it was like ready to be released. And, <laughs> you know, I might have got it wrong. But yeah. with all your teasing in your Instagram posts, like yeah. this, like, really? <laughs> Sorry. This really Sorry. felt like it was going to be released in the next days. Uh, so I'm like super pumped to actually go through this book and, 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 and read it. What's, what's the title going to be exactly? I, I'm not 100% decided, but I really like the title that I have right now, which is Going Freelance. That sounds good. It mm. goes straight to the point, right? Exactly. Super, yeah. super nice. Uh, where do you want it to be available exactly? Like Kindle? The first thought is just a digital, digital download. I don't think I'm going to actually have a price for it. Like it's going to be free, but I do want to print it somehow. Uh, maybe not directly, but in the future at least, maybe later on. But yeah, it's going to be free digital, digitally, both ebook and PDF. That's super nice, super mm -hmm. cool. And so, uh, like, got any plans for other books? Because I'm really feeling like this is going to be a long-term trend. So that's why I'm asking this question. Yeah. Do you have any other plans beside this one going freelance? Uh, yeah, I definitely like most importantly in self-development and then motivation. Like, I don't really know how a book in motivation would look like. I mean, a lot of books in self-development and, and psychology and philosophy are very motivational, depending on who you are, like think and grow rich, for example, that's incredibly motivational. Uh, but in self-help, at least self-development and use a lot of storytelling because I love stories. I love telling stories, especially within text. So yeah. Uh, I do have some ideas, but it's not something I want to pursue right now because, like I said, I I feel like I have to go through a lot of stuff in order for me to truly feel and understand and, and sh be able to feel empathy for people who have done or going through the very same things. Sure, yeah, definitely, mm. definitely. And so uh, you you were you were talking about all those tabs and and everything, so. Um, like you you want to you want to continue freelance development right like as a like must have the time type of activity and mm -hmm. then and then move on to like do, do you see yourself as an actual like full-time speaker etc because i guess like i'm talking about way 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 uh far 
ahead yeah, down the line yeah right now down the line like like maybe 10 years like let's say mm. like let's say we're diving into a 10-year vision in the mind of max handling yeah uh what what does it look like exactly like do you see yourself still at the head of your agency or like part-time writing books and giving talks etc or or do you just want to continue developing most of the time and doing all the stuff uh beside it honestly i i see myself doing all three uh and i also do not want to be the person or i don't really how should i phrase this um I do not want to define exactly what I'm going to do within 10 years. There's a lot of power in doing that, but I, yeah, sure. I'd rather be, I, I, I'd rather define who I'm going to be within 10 years, because if I always focus on who I want to be and reflect over what I'm doing, is this actually in line with who I want to be? And if it is, then it's always the right thing because there, yeah, you were always pushing yourself to the right direction. And then I want, of course I have goals within a year and five years, but it's really hard to define exactly what I'm going to do. But like I yeah, said, I'm not asking for the exact thing, but you know, like yeah. just, just, just to train. Cause we all have IDs, right? But in the end yeah. we don't know shit, but we all have IDs for the, the next 10 years. Right. Yeah. But yeah. you know, usually, usually it's like, it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe if this, 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 and that, and everything aligns together, maybe I'm going to do this. And like, yeah. we all have, it's kind of a, like, I'm talking about dreams more than IDs, right? In the end. Mm. And mm. I think it's, it's super important to, to know at least where you want to head, but you don't really know how, how to get there. You just know that you need to, 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 to validate certain points and, uh, and check some boxes and then yeah. it's going to become possible. Well, I, exactly. Uh, well, well, I see, man. I see the, um, these goals and dreams, I see them like how school teaches us is that we always have a straight line that you plan out a straight line for where you want to go. And that works fine in school and all sometimes in work as well, but it doesn't really work out in life and in personal life at least. And I see your goals and dreams as like standing in the middle of a jungle and you're standing from one tree and you're looking at a tree far ahead, like way ahead. And you want to go there where you can't go straight ahead because there's so many trees. There's so many, uh, what do you call these uh, vines that you have to swing through? So you actually have to swing side to side, back and forth, even going backwards sometimes, as it seems, even though you're moving forward because you're gaining trajectory, you're gaining movement towards where you're going. So sometimes it's going to seem like you're not making as much progress, but you're actually always moving forwards in a sense. And that's how I see these goals. And that's what I mean. Like you're not always going to know exactly how things are going to work and how things are going to align. You just know that this is where I'm going to go. It's kind of like walking in a maze that's made out of glass. You can't walk straight ahead because you're going to walk into the wall. You're going to have to walk and just feel around the room and walk around until you find the right path to where you want to go. If that makes sense. Wow. Like you, you, you totally launched me in another universe right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You lost me. You totally Sorry. lost me. Well, that's, that's a lot of things, you know, like... As I said before, I really think like I'm not trying to flatter your ego or, or whatever, like listen to the <laughs> other podcast episode. This is really not something I usually do. Uh, but like, seriously, Max is one of a kind. Uh, like you see lots of developers on Instagram, lots and lots. And like in the past year, it really has become super common. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, 
at first there were like just a few accounts here and there of developers just uh, uh, basically showing the behind the scenes of uh, and and talking about their jobs, but mm-hmm. uh, even now with with all the, the 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 huge mass of new developers coming, there's still nobody doing what Max is doing exactly, which is talking about motivational stuff in the tech scene. That's you know. You really have your own concept, and and I really like that. It's like it's awesome because you're sticking to your ideas, you're sticking to the way you do things, and you're always putting in the time to actually write the right, um, the right captions, and 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 trying to get everybody fired up, uh, which nobody does in the tech scene, or at least almost nobody, and and nobody made it their actual specialty. So. Uh, mm-hmm. guys, definitely, definitely, uh, check out Max's Instagram account if you have a chance. Hey, uh, do you have do you have any other accounts that uh on social media that we can follow, uh, in order to 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 get all of your journey? Oh, uh, well, I actually kind of con- uh, everything is actually gathered on Instagram, but I do have a Twitter. And LinkedIn, both under the handle the Max Sandalin, T H E Max Sandalin. Uh, yeah, like I said, everything is kind of gathered in Instagram. So you're not really active on like LinkedIn and Twitter and and, and like writing articles and on Medium and stuff. No, uh, so many people have asked me to post these things on Medium, and uh, sure, I've I've been trying to, but even writing these texts every day is taking a lot of time. So. I have to create a better plan for it, but yeah, it's it's just Instagram right now. Okay. Well, Max, thanks a lot for joining me today. It was a pleasure to have you. And uh, dear listeners, once again, well, first of all, thank you for listening. And once again, definitely check out Max's profile on Instagram, the Max Sandlin, because he really puts out some dope content out there. And it will be a shame to actually miss what he has to offer. Don't forget to rate the podcast on iTunes that it really helps making it rise in the charts. I hadn't told you yet, but I want to beat Gary Vaynerchuk at his own game. (laughs) So (laughs) it's been a pleasure. I'll see you guys in two weeks and I'll try to actually be there in two weeks, not like last time. Cheers. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thank you.